Today, we're talking about intimacy in marriage. Yes. I hear you, James. I know you and all the guys listening are all ears today. Most often when we hear the word intimacy as it relates to marriage relationship, the mind goes straight to sexual intimacy. That's right. Yes, it's true. Sexual intimacy is a thing, but there's so much more to intimacy in a marriage. Hello, welcome to the Art Espousing Podcast. We are really thankful that you're taking time to listen to the show. Yes, we are. Thank you for the feedback you're giving us on the podcast. We value your insight and perspective. See, the reason we're doing this podcast is because we really believe that every marriage has the potential to be a masterpiece, that it can reveal its unique God-designed purpose. We know personally that a work of art doesn't just appear, but it is intentionally crafted and shaped. So our goal with every episode is to give you tools to practice that will help your relationship not just survive, but really thrive. Your input helps us know how to continually offer content that will help you and your relationship. Before we jump into today's content, we want to let you know about an incredible tool that we're offering for your marriage. If you're looking for that one thing that could be the game changer for your relationship, then the Marriage Reboot Retreat is just for you. If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. The Marriage Reboot Reboot Retreat by Marry for a Purpose is a private intensive experience for you and your spouse working exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days. At the end of the two days, you will walk away with a unified purpose for your marriage and a holistic vision for your marriage and family supported with a real action plan. If you would like to find out more information about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with James and I and we will tell you more about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram at artespousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. So today we are talking about intimacy. When I think of intimacy in a marriage relationship, I think of a good, hearty Southern soup or stew. Mm, That sounds good. There are so many key ingredients to create the aroma that will fill the house up. So when you walk in the door, you are aware that something great is cooking up. A blend of ingredients that will produce a delicious pot of soup that will make your tongue want to slap your brains out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Southern saying. There's always something. There's a Southern saying for the soup is really fantastic. Yeah. There are many types of intimacy in a marriage relationship. To isolate one ingredient is to miss out on the blending, the infusion of all of it in a whole soup pot. So... Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's a good soup, but if you take out one piece, it's not as good as all of it together. That's right. Okay. Google says, and Google's always right about everything. Google says intimacy in a relationship is a feeling of being close and emotionally connected and supported. It means being able to share a whole range of thoughts, feelings, experiences that we have as human beings. Google also says, again, is always correct. Intimacy in a marriage is about forming a bond and developing an unequivocal, which I had to look that word up, of leaving no doubt, unequivocal closeness, Mm. and no doubt closeness. I love that. As we grow in intimacy, we explore and fulfill emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, sexual, and recreational intimacy. 
That's cool. I love it. That's such a great definition. Uh, we always like to talk about intimacy and we refer to it as into me, you see. It really is a continual pursuit and not a destination. As a couple grows in their relationship, there's never an end to new discoveries and opportunities to know and to see each other more. So a great artist never stops developing his or her craft. So too, great marriages are made up of two spouses who continually grow in their intimacy and continually practice their art of spousing. To describe what intimacy is, there are other words related to intimacy that bring deeper clarity. Words like belonging, closeness, faithfulness, fidelity, affection, attachment, fondness, familiarity. I love all of those words. They kind of do a double click on what intimacy is. Now, when I describe the opposite of intimacy, you can capture an aroma that you may have experienced growing up with a family member's marriage relationship, or maybe your own relationship in a season. Words like aloof, Mm. cold, remote, distance. This really paints a picture of what is not close. Yeah. As you were saying that my mind went back to COVID lockdowns Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a helpful illustration of the feeling of distant. Everything was online and there was very little physical contact with friends and family. You know, video is okay for meetings and maybe some school classes, but there was a lack of intimacy or closeness with colleagues, friends, and maybe even family members. Mm -hmm. There was a sense of not fully knowing how others were doing, maybe feeling disconnected and alone. It's a great illustration that brings back what that actually feels like, that distant feeling disconnected. So listeners, today we want to highlight a few of the main ingredients, types of intimacy that create this beautiful blending, a fusion of five types of intimacy that if we are intentional about, we can strengthen our level of connectedness in our marriage relationship. I actually came upon this idea of it's intentional intimacy, Mm. James, intentional intimacy. I like that. So identifying these five aspects of intimacy and taking an honest evaluation of where you and your spouse are can target some growth and could really get some things cooking. I see what you did there. Yeah, (laughs) ingredients cooking. That was good. So so let's start with recreational intimacy. This could also be identified as relational intimacy. This intimacy comes from doing shared activities together. This actually takes a lot of intentionality and sometimes personal sacrifice of preferences. Mm -hmm. So without recreational intimacy, a marriage relationship can begin to feel flat. The daily pace of life can set in and create this monotonous, bland routine. Mm -hmm. So if you're lacking intimacy in this area of your relationship, just get creative. There's a lot of things you can do. Find an activity and give it a go. Maybe it's this new thing, pickleball that everybody's playing or taking the evening walk together or doing a DIY project. Okay. DIY projects have the potential to disrupt intimacy, especially in the Duval house. So that may not be you. Yeah, but find your thing. That's you do true. you. We try to stay away from the DIY projects. But understanding each other and identifying shared activities or hobbies you enjoy is really important. For us, it could be as simple as me going on an evening walk with you, Lisa, mm-hmm. or for you sitting through and watching an Ohio State football game on a Saturday afternoon with me, right? It's true. I know very little about football, don't want to learn, and you know this, but I come in full force, OH, got my gear on, pulling for the Buckeyes all day, all day. You wear the shirt. I wear the shirt and I make the snacks and I make an experience. So, However, there have been a few things that you've branched out 
to some big recreational activities, adventures like going on a bike ride with me a few times, right? That's exactly right. And I, I, I did give it a go and I have had some issues with it. We'll probably save that story for another episode <laughs> um, because it's, it's a lot of drama and fun. Oftentimes couples underestimate the power, bird watching, paddle boarding, or maybe you love thrift store shopping together. This is not a waste of time. That's right. It is a highly effective way of spending time together and investing in recreational intimacy and actually adds a great ingredient to the aroma of your marriage. That's right. I do want to mention scrolling on your phone through social media is not a hobby. <laughs> so it requires unplugging from technology and having an intentional time, which it may require some time blocking of no technology get creative, make a plan. It's very important. If you're listening and you know this has been an area that has been ignored, brainstorm together a list of shared hobbies or interests that you could step out and do one thing this week together to have some time together. That's great. I love it. Now let's talk about spiritual intimacy, which is defined as shared religious beliefs and practices. We would say it's important that we have physical compatibility, but the more critical is that we have spiritual compatibility, right? Absolutely. James, being married almost 30 years, this has been a shared commitment of ours from the very beginning. Actually, this commitment and beginnings of spiritual intimacy began in our dating years. We have seen it time and again and have experienced this in our own married life. This is a foundational intimacy that holds us together. Yeah. The joint connection creates a powerful closeness. You know, there's strength that results from spiritual intimacy. Again, as Christ followers, we believe what First John 4, 4 says, that greater is he that lives in us than he that's in the world. And we have confidence no matter what obstacles, challenges, or storms we face because we claim Philippians 4.13, that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And Hebrews 6.19, that reminds us that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul that's firm and secure. I love it. Pre-married couples can pass over this important aspect of their relationship, thinking it's not a big deal it is a big deal. That's right. Not being on the same page or not equally committed in the same direction is the beginning of a fracture in intimacy and is very important to be mindful of. If this is you as a married couple, consider doing an evening devotional together, maybe just one scripture. Attending church together on a Sunday morning. Very important. If that's not a regular practice, make it a practice. Yeah. Even saying a simple prayer together at the beginning of the day or at the end of the night, just connecting yourself spiritually together. This is one of the areas that we are currently tr practicing, mm -hmm. um, our espousing in our own marriage is praying daily together. It actually does not come natural to us. Right. And so it feels a little clunky as you start. But regardless of the length of the prayer, there is a prayer happening between you and I every day. And our spiritual intimacy is growing. Yes. That's right. Okay. So the next is physical intimacy, which involves touch and close physical proximity. Physical intimacy is not exclusive to romantic relationships. The power of touch is a thing. That's Lots true. of research on this so much that I won't even go into, but a touch signals safety and trust. It comforts. Mm. We cannot underestimate the value of the everyday gentle touches that literally calm the cardiovascular system and stress, de-escalates it, activates the body's nervous system, which is actively involved in our compassion response. And a simple physical expression can initiate the release of, what is that thing called, James? Oxytocin. Oxytocin, a.k.a. the, the love, love drug. Or the love hormone. <laughs> yeah. I told you, this is no joke. Touch is a relational superpower. 
Physical touch is one of the most important aspects of intimate human relationships. Human touch conveys support, love, compassion for one another. We know this because physical touch of a parent to a child is life-giving. Physical touch to a friend who is heartbroken is helpful. A physical touch to our spouse communicates love in a tender, unique way. Here are a few examples, hand-holding, cuddling, gently cupping the lower back, or maybe a brush across the back of the neck. Regardless if your primary love language is touch or not, it's a significant part of intimacy as a whole. Yeah. Our friend Ted Cunningham talks about the value of physical touch without sex. He has a funny bit that he does where he tells guys that their wives need 10 non-sexual touches a day. And that does not mean tapping your wife on the shoulder, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. That's just annoying. Right. Physical intimacy can happen without sex. There are ups and downs in every married couple's sex life. So you need non-sexual ways to be intimate with your spouse to carry your relationship forward. If you struggle with this as a married couple, consider holding hands wherever you go, walking in the parking lot from a parking space to the store or the restaurant, a nice good morning hug with no groping guys, That's right. a small shoulder massage, or even as small as placing your hand on your spouse's leg while sitting beside each other. All of these will grow your physical intimacy. And I have to say, it can be guys to girls. There are some females who require this more, so it's not necessarily gender specific, but either way is when someone is having touches, physical touches, don't turn them into sexual touches. <laughs> Hello. And the person who's receiving it and in our situation, the wife of like, don't, don't assume, don't assume that every single touch is like, I have to flinch. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. What is, this, what is this about? So just relax, go easy and increase level up in your physical touch. Okay. That's right. You know, when we turn to sexual intimacy now, we talked about physical intimacy, but sexual intimacy is a huge part of marital intimacy. And culture wants to shape sexuality, but since God is a creator, we will always refer to his design for sex, knowing he speaks best to the proper perspective and function of our sexual lives. Okay, I have a simple illustration, James. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I do not Google Android information on perspective or help that I need on my Apple Watch. Mm. I want to go to the designer of the Apple Watch, the expert on the details and the purpose of the watch. That's good. I'm not going to find out why it's designed that way. What's going to be, what are the shortcuts, next best practices if I'm Googling about Android when it really is an Apple Watch. Therefore, if we're accessing culture about sexuality, we're going to get a wrong perspective. But if we access the creator, what God's word says about it, that's where growth is going to happen. That's good. You know, because we believe sex is designed by God, we are on the lookout for what he designed it for. And the best practice is to safeguard and protect sexual intimacy, knowing his design will reward with the best fruit. So we know that sex is to happen between a husband and wife. Paul states in 1 Corinthians 7, 2 through 5, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. This is a great place to start. A fantastic foundation. And this chapter is really great because Paul really unpacks this idea that each of us, husband and wife, yields to one another in the sexual yes. act. This mutual reciprocity completely reorientated the one-sidedness of sex for husband and wife, but declares that sexual intimacy is for both husband 
and wife. Mm -hmm. They are to give to one another. They are to willingly yield their bodies to one another. I love it. True, pure sexual intimacy requires both spouse to prefer one another over themselves. Our marriage inspiration slash mentors, whether they know it or not, Don and Joy Bray, both of them are turning 80 this year and speak to this on keeping this aspect of sexual intimacy alive by simply asking each other on a regular basis, how can I best serve you in this season? This aspect of intimacy can deepen over time, moving from a physical act or recreational activity to this deep, intimate connection. If you are a married couple struggling in this area, I say let's follow Pastor Don enjoys advice and just ask, how can I best serve you and have a discussion around that? Now, this isn't a place to discuss with peers if you're having challenges. We actually would encourage you to have a pastoral conversation, a counselor conversation, but I think starting with that question could really increase an understanding of what each other needs. Yeah. And this is a place that many couples struggle in intimacy is in sexual intimacy. Because as we grow older, our bodies change, lifestyles change, busyness, kids. So there's a lot of distractions. Now, we would contend that sex is really important in every marriage. It is. It is. And I would want to highlight that there is a mutual respect between what Pastor Don enjoyed. You can sense the conversation around is very honoring and respectful. You and I have a respect, a physical respect for one another. There are marriages where there is dominance that isn't healthy. So we're not talking about that. This isn't a license to state everything you want and it be unhealthy. It is really grounded in spiritual intimacy and understanding, but it's also a mutual respect. And serving one another. Absolutely. That's right. So we're going to jump to emotional intimacy. James, we recently had the opportunity to do a marriage reboot with a solid couple. A theme they both shared about each other throughout the two days with us was, she's got my back, and then he's got my back. This is what emotional intimacy looks like. Right. Through life's challenges, whether personal insecurities, demands of extended family, personal feelings and hurt around raising kids or maybe even challenges to conceive. The list is so long in the areas that are become very personal to us where a lot of emotion is around. But basically, the innermost feelings that we have are safely shared with our spouse. She's got my back. That's right. He's got my back. There is a there is a trust that this information will not be used against us in the next disagreement or tension point around the corner. Yeah, that's so important. There has to be safety for there to be true emotional intimacy. You know, over the last 30 years, you and I have walked through some difficult times, especially as it relates to your childhood and not knowing your father. And I try to be so intentional not to use your hurts or emotions against you. If I were to turn your vulnerability against you and say something to the effect of, uh, this is a daddy issue. It would crush you and really mm-hmm. hurt our intimacy. I know that I have the power to deepen our emotional intimacy by stewarding your deepest hurts, disappointments, desires, and dreams. One of the greatest things that you can do for your spouse is to provide a place where they can be themselves without fear of judgment or rejection. Here's a few things to know about emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy is a connected, supportive relationship where each spouse has the power to create a place of safety to express thoughts and feelings openly. Emotional intimacy is knowing what is happening inside of our spouse, and they understand you in the same way. 
knowing all feelings, hopes, dreams, vulnerabilities, fears, motives, and desires. Yeah. In our relationship, I am the spouse with the most words. And this isn't always, again, gender specific, but in our marriage, I have a lot of words. You have few words. You have always done a great job of being attentive while I process verbally so much. But I will say you have continued to grow in your listening skills and always leveling up. At the same time, I've had to learn not to share every single emotion and every emotional spiral. You listen so well, and I edit so well, because we have emotional intimacy that is established on trust, mutual respect, and a deep understanding of each other. Yeah. Listening is really key to emotional intimacy, being tuned in, not distracted, and focused on hearing the meaning behind the words. And really, this is something that I've had to learn to do, to mature in this as an individual. But one tool that can help you listen and understand better is just by making a simple statement, tell me more about that. Love it. You know, another thing to remember, especially for us guys, is that many times your spouse wants you to feel what they are saying, not fix what they are saying. So even just asking someone as simple as like, do you want me to feel this or do you want me to fix this will help connect emotionally with what your spouse is saying. That's right. So if you are struggling or want to level up in your emotional intimacy, you just gave a couple of great tools to apply this week, which is tell me a little bit more about that. Or do you want me to feel this with you or fix this with you? I love it. I love it. Okay. So there you go. Five ingredients for deep intimacy in your marriage. We hope you find this content helpful. We'd love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what we shared today. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or direct message us on Instagram at artespousing. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. We hope you'll join us next week. We have our good friends, Justin and Andrea Lathrop on the show with us. Have a great week and we will see you next time on The Artist Thousand. Until then, bye-bye. bye-bye.